When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. We are on the eve of training camp, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2023 training camp and season is coming up it's starting tomorrow very exciting to be honest i'm still buzzing a little bit from the ronde barber interview on the pewter report podcast the day before so a lot of exciting things in buccaneers land going on right now we're going to talk about the biggest bucks training camp battles that went on scott and i will also discuss the uh, interviews that we had today with jason light todd Bowles, kalijah cansey and the newest Tampa Bay Buccaneer, but also very, very familiar because he's been on the team for the yeah. last, feels like forever. Yeah. Uh, Will Goldston back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me. You just saw him, the face that runs the place at PeterReport.com, Scott Reynolds. And Scott, the Bucks added some depth at defensive tackle on the defensive line, bringing back a very familiar face with Will Goldston. Yeah, I've followed every minute of, of Will's career since he joined the team and you know, he and Levante David are the elder statesmen on this Buccaneer team. And and then you can throw in Mike Evans, too, who was drafted in 2014. And yeah, and it's just good to have Will back, right? He's not going to be a starter. Uh, Todd Bowles pretty much said that today. Mm-hmm. Logan Hall, Kalijah Cansey are going to be the starters. And why not? You got you to take the training wheels off, let these guys earn their, their top draft pick status. If you remember last year, Logan Hall was the first pick the top of the second round Tampa Bay's first selection. And, uh, you know, he, he had a, uh, you know, a learning curve year as a rookie and, uh, but he is going to be taking over for Will Golston as a starter. And then of course, Kalaja Kansi, the first round pick who is the subject of the training camp diaries, Matt, you teased it the other day. We've got a nice one, two punch for the bucks training camp diary series that we always do. Kalaja Kansi is, is in the house. he, is going to be our defensive rookie, and then we always we always do one defensive player, one offensive player, and and then one rookie and one veteran, just to get different perspectives, different sides of the ball. You know, you know, an, an older guy, young guy. Last year we had Rashad White as the rookie and the offensive player, and Pat O'Connor as the defensive player and the veteran. So this year we're going to go with an offensive veteran and Tristan Wirfs. And then a defensive rookie in Kalaja Kansi. So, Will Golston coming back? I'm not going to say that he is. His name is in pen. I think he's penciled in, probably as the sixth guy, maybe the fifth guy on the depth chart behind Vita Vea, Kalaja Kansi, Logan Hall, Greg Gaines. Those are the top four guys. Then five, probably Will Golston, and then six is going to be Pat O'Connor, who's just a stud on special teams and really made some strides last year on defense as a, as a situational rusher inside, Matt. 
He did. Pat O'Connor has been a solid pass rusher in the preseason. I'm not going to yeah. sit here and be like, oh, he's been fantastic in the regular yeah. season. He did have a block field goal, so that goes into yeah. what and we And he did have a sack. With- he got his first yeah, sack. Yeah. He did. Um, Two years ago. So, yeah, talking about definitely a, a key special teams player. But as it comes to Will Golson, by the way, I just put the uh, the Kalijah Kansi training camp diary in the chat, so make sure you check it out if you haven't yet. Yeah. Was Good working stuff. out with the former Buccaneer during the uh, yeah. draft process. You can read all about that. But as it pertains to Will Golston, at first I was like, eh, I don't necessarily love this because my fear was that Will's going to cut into the playing time of Logan Hall, yeah. who we want to see develop this year. Uh, but it, yeah, after talking to Jason Light and Todd Bowles today and – kind of hearing them out a little bit more um, because some of their responses today on a number of different topics made you and I look at each other like what's going on here, but we'll yeah. talk about that in just a moment. Yep. As long as will, and we love will don't get me wrong. Yep. Friend of the program, been on the show, right. lovable, lovable guy on and off the field. If will is just that veteran mentor type of presence on the defensive line maybe he gets in for a series here or there but is mostly there to shepherd along you know uh logan hall and kalijah cansey then i'm absolutely all for it we know he's beloved in the locker room there's there's no there's no worries about bringing in him and and what's that going to mean for the he's a fit right he's a fit he's absolutely a fit and i think it's actually a good idea if we're talking about fifth or sixth guy on the defensive line We've seen the Bucks hit and miss with um, with bringing in defensive tackles. Yeah, obviously, and Dominican Sue was a touchdown. That yeah. was a that was a huge, huge, great signing, and obviously meant a lot to the Bucks when he was on this team. And then Akeem Hicks didn't necessarily work out. I don't Not think so much. Probably awful by any means, yeah. but it just it didn't pan out the way that we all expected. And Greg Gaines, we'll see him in more of a reserve role. Yeah, I, I'm not putting too much credence into oh greg Gaines, like that's gonna yeah, break- yeah. I, I think he's more that rakeem nunez roches yeah. fill in right he's he's gonna kind of play that that backup nose tackle role you yeah. know so i, I agree about i think you're spot on and with will golston um he's limited as a pass rusher it's kind of funny because two years ago he had four and a half sacks which was a career high last year he had none i think you're gonna see will play eight to 12 snaps per game. I think where he's going to be valuable is uh, when, when you have a guy that's, you know, quite frankly, and, and I love the guy's potential, but Kalijah Kansi, just over six feet tall, 286 pounds. He's not the kind of guy you want in there on third and one, right? Especially at, yeah. you know, lined up next to Vita Vea. Uh, if you want to put him on the defensive line, put him as a defensive end and have him use that quickness to maybe, you know, a- attack the edge, but for stopping a quarterback sneak, a fullback dive, a halfback dive up the middle, he's the kind of guy that's going to get double teamed and, and driven out of the hole. But a guy like Will Golston, 6'6", 315 pounds, he's a bigger, beefier guy. And, uh, and, and I think so that that's going to be his role. Short yardage, goal line situations, third and short. I, I think that's where he brings some value in spelling a guy like Kalijah Kansi or even Logan Hall. And at the same time, too, he knows this defense. He's played in it since Todd Bowles arrived in 2019. And so if there is an injury to Kalijah Kansi, to 
uh, Logan Hall. He can step in as a spot starter and get you through a game or two, oh. and you're, you're not going to lose much. Yeah, in that sense of it, absolutely. I love the idea of of Will Golson being a replacement player if, if someone's injured for a couple of games or something like that. I have no doubts that he can get that job done and yeah. really and string it together until whoever, knock on wood, hopefully no one gets right. injured, but whoever returns. I, I think that's excellent analysis right there. Put it this way. If it's third and three or less, I want Will Golston in the game. If it's third yeah. and four or longer, I'm willing to roll the dice with uh, Kalijah Kansi yeah. without question. Uh, we actually spoke to Will Golston today. Yeah. He was the third person we spoke to, but the first player after Todd Bowles and Jason Light. And this is a little bit of a different offseason for Will. He always wanted yeah. to stay with the Bucks, but uh, he went the Brett Favre route. He, uh, he didn't have to do OTAs. He didn't have to right. do minicamp. He's just ready to go for a training camp. So this is a little bit of a different offseason for Will, and he spoke about it when we talked to him earlier today. Bay Buccaneer this year? Uh, no, I wasn't really thinking of it like that. I just wanted to make sure I stayed in shape whenever I did get the call. How important is it for you to, to come back here where you've played every down of your NFL career? It would have been weird to play somebody, like play somewhere else and have to play the book. So um, I think it's important to be able to keep going, growing on that legacy. I felt so. Uh, I know I had to just stay in shape, stay the course, you know, uh, being here. I know the system is just all up to how the pieces fail. Will, did the offseason feel any different or was it just kind of same routine, training, getting getting ready for this moment? It was the same routine, but it definitely felt different. Like not coming in to OTAs, this was the first time I never came to OTAs. So that was definitely weird. Then uh, Will went on to say that you know, a lot of these guys he hasn't seen or talked to in a while because he was a free agent. He wasn't in the building uh, when when other guys could train here. Yeah. And he said that a couple of guys were looking jacked up. They were looking a lot bigger yeah. than when he last saw them. And we all immediately turned our attention or thought he was talking about someone in particular that we were talking about that plays along the defensive line. But that yeah. wasn't exactly who Will Golson was talking about. He no. was talking about a defensive lineman, but not – the one that we had in mind. Man, I'm walking through the hall. Some of them guys is jacked up. They walking around big and stout. I'm like, man, yeah, I'm excited. Who are some of those guys? Pat O'Connor. Yeah. yeah. I look like the Hulk right now with a beard. It's crazy. <laughs> he wasn't that big when I left, but the dude is huge now. Supposedly Logan Hulse put on some weight too. I haven't seen Logan yet, yeah. but I'm excited to see him. I just saw Deidre coming down here too. I'm glad you asked Logan Hall because I think immediately we all went to Logan just based on what we've heard from the other coaches and what we've seen with him putting on that weight. But nonetheless, it's Pat O'Connor who's looking like the Hulk. I can't wait to see Pat. I mean, he's he's always been like the undersized guy in that defensive line because he he plays special teams. He's he's tall, right? He's six five, six four, but he's always been around two seventy five, two eighty, right? He's kind of been that that guy, and I'm curious to see. You know where he is? Is he 285, 290? Is he close to 300 pounds? We know Logan Hall is inching up close to 300 pounds. It'd be it'd be interesting to see him as well. But um, but yeah, that, that was definitely a surprise uh, call there from Will Golston. We didn't expect him to say it was Pat O'Connor, but uh, the Incredible Hulk with the beard—that's that's kind of a cool look for Pat. So we'll check him out tomorrow, and we'll let you know. We'll get some pictures. Cliff Welch are. Uh, Peter Report photographer. He's he's been doing this longer than I have. This is my 28th year. I think this is like year 32, 33 for Cliff. He's gone back to the Buccaneer magazine days. So we'll make sure that we have some pics on tomorrow's podcast 
remember, all of our podcasts now are at four o'clock. The off season's yeah. over. We're into to season mode here, and so tomorrow's show uh, is going to be the the kickoff of training camp. That's right, Jamel Dean's ready. Don't make a scene. Don't make Just a Jamel scene. Dean, and uh, he will be out there along with everybody. And uh, the the one interesting thing too, we heard about Will Golston today, but but we asked. We asked about Devin White, who showed up for training camp, Matt. But is uh, you know, I asked both Todd Bowles and Jason Light directly. You know, they kind of answered it a little bit, and then I I followed up with the direct question: Do you expect Devin White to practice tomorrow? And uh, they were both kind of noncommittal. Yeah, they were dancing around the question. There's no other way. There's no other way to really describe it. They were dancing around that question and literally trying to say anything other than a direct yes or no. Because if Devin White doesn't practice tomorrow, Bulls are going to say, I never said he was practicing tomorrow. Right. We said we assume. <laughs> I never said he – I said I expected him. I didn't say he was or yeah. wasn't going to. And same thing with Jason Light. Like He started calling it a hypothetical. It's like it's not really a hypothetical. It's <laughs> right. He's either going to practice tomorrow or he's not. He's on yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, yeah, that was a real dicey type of situation. I, I don't think they handled it poorly, but they right. it definitely led us to think that this is not as spectacular as uh, we kind of all thought last month yeah. when we didn't know if Devin was going to come to mandatory minicamp in the first place. And then Todd Bowles, who always defends Devin White, whether right. it's right or wrong, Todd was the one saying he's going to be ready by training camp. We don't right. want he, he'll be in shape, he'll be fine, yeah. good to go. And then the tune was a little bit different. Talking to both Todd Bowles and Jason Light today, we have the video, so let's just play it so the Peter people you can decide for yourself. Has he have you had any discussions with him about contract situations? He kind of put that to bed for a while. Is he focused on on playing this year? Well, I haven't seen everybody. We haven't met yet, but I know everyone's here, and Devin's here as well. Everybody's on the contract. We don't worry about next year. We worry about this year. I know he'll be ready to play, and I know he's here, and you know we'll see when we come out tomorrow. But you're not sure if he's going to practice tomorrow with you guys? I haven't talked to him. I can't sit here and say, I talked to Devin, and he said, I okay. can't speak for anybody. Okay. There would be no reason to hold him out, though. No. You know, it hasn't changed since last time we talked about it. There's nothing but love for Devin, and uh, I know he showed up. I know he's here. I know um, I know he's excited about um, showing us and showing the NFL world what kind of player he, he is capable of being. So we'll just have to see how it plays out. But I'm glad that he's here, and I know his teammates are, and, you know, there's nothing but love for Devin. Do you expect him to practice tomorrow? You know, it's a hypothetical. I, I, I'm assuming that he will. Um, I'm assuming that he's going to put himself in the best position to be ready for the season. I'll put it that way. It's not a hypothetical. Right. <laughs> Either yeah. is or he isn't. Is your starting inside linebacker going to practice tomorrow, right? Uh, here's the thing. I know Mike Evans is going to practice tomorrow. I know Chris Godwin's going to practice tomorrow. And right? they're both under contract, to be fair. Mike Evans yeah. and Chris Godwin are both under contract. Yeah. Um, well, let's put it this way. I know Tristan Wirfs is going to practice. I know Antoine Winfield is going to practice. There's just some guys in contract years, right? And it's like, you know, uh, it's a simple question. You know, and and I, I love the fact that both of those guys, um, they don't like being put on the spot with tough questions, yeah. right? And, and it's like, you know, I'm not trying to instigate anything. I got a lot of respect for both Todd Bowles and Jason Light, but it's my job yeah. to ask hard-pressing questions sometimes. And that wasn't a hard question. It was just like a... I had to press him like, 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 all right, he's here. Great. We, he was here during, 
mandatory minicamp, and it, it feels like Bowles was covering for for Devin last time by saying, well, we held him out because you know he wasn't here you know, during uh, the OTAs, and he didn't do any of the voluntary work, so we want to make sure he's in shape. Okay, well, he passed your physical. He passed the training camp physical like everybody did on your team. Sean Tucker passed it. Shaq Barrett passed it. Ryan Jensen passed it. Devin White passed the physical, and he had no offseason injuries that we knew of. So just as Greg Allman followed up, you know, would there be any reason for him not to practice? You know, and he's he said no. So we'll see. But the Devin drama kind of continues a little bit for one more day until we see him out there actually practicing. Otherwise, he's a hold in, Matt. Yeah, I, I kind of get the feeling right now that Devin White's not going to practice tomorrow. I just have that feel. Like, how could you say that you haven't spoken to Devin White, and but you yeah. know that he's reporting? Like, really? Yeah. I, I find that very hard to believe, especially because Todd Bowles had said previously, you know, during OTAs and minicamp, that he was talking with Larry Foote, and Larry Foote had a direct line to right. to Devin White. You don't think Todd Bowles and Larry Foote have been having a conversation, even if Todd isn't directly speaking? speaking to Devin at the moment. Yeah. I just how don't, do you know? Just, how do you know? Like, like if you're starting linebacker who has had contract issues and and did not show up at all except when he had to be there to avoid getting fined at the mandatory minicamp, um, how do you know or not know? Yeah. If he's gonna practice tomorrow, you know, but it's like maybe, maybe it takes a little bit more convincing, or maybe you know, but you don't want to say it in a press conference and like you'll deal with it the next day. It just seems like yeah. the Bucks have been putting this off. Exactly. And, and, they're just like they're right. pushing the deadline more and more. And what concerns me, like obviously for the Bucks, I would like Devin White to be out there. I, I know there's yeah. these contract disputes, but he's still one of the better. Yeah. inside linebackers. Monday in Barber so was what, singing his praises yesterday, Matt. Exactly, exactly. And what really concerns me is if Devin wants to hold in or sit out, whatever you want to call it, for yeah. a little bit, I could see Devin like halfway through training camp, maybe after the first preseason go, all yeah. right, now I'm ready to practice. Right. Like I've got, a, right. I've got enough time. I've made myself, my point. Made my point. But, yeah, yeah. But, and I understand like he knows the defense, everything like that, but I could see him, and I'm sure he's training off the field and stuff like that. Yeah, but then you finally start practicing. What if he pulls something like in the first week because he's just overdoing right. it too much because everybody yeah. is in football shape and they've been practicing for you know half a month already and Devin's just getting into it and then he pulls a hamstring yeah. or God forbid something else worse because he is kind of was easing into it and trying to go too fast now that he's yeah. trying to catch up. That's what concerns me with with Devin White. Yeah, I have no beef against Devin White. Um, I, I I'm rooting for the guy to to be the best he can be. I, I think when he is on, the Bucks are are great defense. When he's playing really good football, this Bucks defense is great. It, it's a great defense. We saw what he's capable of doing. That 2020 postseason, Matt, from you know he when he missed the the Washington game right with COVID, then he, he comes in made huge plays against. The Saints, the Packers had the end zone interception yes. to keep the Chiefs out of the end zone Won in the in money. the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. So Super Bowl um, boxes. Yeah, Super Bowl yeah, boxes. Yeah, it, no one it, scored. It, no one scored in the fourth quarter. So I won for the third quarter and no one scored in the fourth. So the numbers stayed the same. No, sorry, so. wrong way. You you, you gotta listen to Matt Matera when it comes yeah. to, to this. Thank Matt, you. you're gonna make me a lot of money because I don't listen to you enough, but I'm gonna listen to you. I'm gonna lock into you this fall and you're gonna make me some money. So but but back back to Devin. He he is I, I just I hope that he shows up tomorrow and practices and puts all this behind him and has a great season for the sake of the Tampa Bay.
Buccaneers that have you know five years invested in him now. But here's the thing: if he doesn't show up tomorrow, if he if he does what you maybe suggest, which is I'm going to prove my point a little bit longer, and then I'll dip into camp, you know, and I feel like it maybe after the first preseason game or whatever. Um, I honestly, by that time, I hope he does not have a C on his chest because I don't think he'll have earned it. Uh, I hope that 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 uh, that the team will elect other team captains. It's one thing to be a starter and a contributor for this team. It's another thing to be a leader. And if you're going to not show up to training camp, and it's your prerogative, it's your business. You handle your business however you see fit. But you've requested to be traded. You want out of Tampa Bay. You want your payday now. You're not going to practice. That's not the sign of a good teammate. And this, I don't have a vote in this. This is all the players. But if yeah. I'm a player, I'm looking at that, and I'm looking around the room, and I'm saying, Vita Vea, team captain. Levante David, obviously team captain. Antoine Winfield, your turn. You're a team captain. Or yeah. you know what? Adam Carlton Davis. Yeah, exactly. Carlton Davis, you're a team captain. Or Jamel Dean, you stepped up. You're a team captain. A lot of other guys to choose from other than Devin. Yeah. So I'm just saying he's putting his captainship at risk if he does not show up and practice on the first day of training camp. There's no question about it. I also wonder who would be the other captain on the offensive side. Because last year they did three offense, three defense. Obviously, yeah. usually the quarterback is the team captain. But when you have yeah. this quarterback competition going on this year, I don't mm -hmm. know if you just automatically anoint one of those quarterbacks, the captains, just because it is the most important position in yeah. football. I am curious about that. But that could be a conversation for another yeah. day. But you talk about the quarterback competition, Scott. I mean, Bucks battles the 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 Starts title there. of this podcast. That is the biggest battle going into training camp between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. And I thought it was really interesting what Todd Bowles had to say when talking about the leadership and the energies of Baker Mayfield and and Kyle Trask. He said Baker. He started with Kyle Trask. He said Kyle Trask has this internal energy and this internal mm -hmm. confidence that he can get the job done. He just maybe doesn't really boast it to everybody around. And right. Baker is very much the guy that has the chip on his shoulder and he's going to get in your face and, and obviously try to like rile everybody up in a positive way and, and, and get the group going. So I, I thought that was really interesting and fun insight from Todd Bowles. And then coach Bowles also spoke about coming up with a timeline for when he will announce a starter. Yeah. And he didn't give too much away. He said he has one in his head, but he wouldn't reveal when it is. But I am curious because we've had I, the I think I know when before. it is. When do you think I, it is? I think it's after the second preseason game. I think okay. he wants he wants to see and and I've not had conversations with Todd Bowles, but I'm starting to after several years of of covering this guy, you just kind of pick up on things. And I, I'm telling you right now, I, I think a couple of things about Todd Bowles. Um, don't know this to be fact, but I bet you anything he keeps the defensive play calling duties this year. I'm going to go on record. I'm saying I don't think he's going to turn that over to Larry Foote or Casey Rogers. We'll have to see. Todd will make that call, but I think that's the case. I also think Todd Bowles is going to end up uh, saying uh, we're going to pick a quarterback after the Jets game unless it's unless there's some kind of calamity. Either both of those guys are playing out of their mind yeah, in the third game we'll decide it, or both of those guys are absolutely crapping the bed, and then they need that third game to see who doesn't who doesn't mess up um, more, you know. And that would be the, the worst case scenario. But Matt, what, what are your thoughts? I I think that's what Bolts is thinking is is yeah, we need I, to to chart chart the course. 
with the third preseason game and 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 the rest of training camp with our guy. Yeah, because you have to balance the line of you obviously need to watch both guys and see who succeeds more and who is who excels in in certain situations. But I also don't think you want to go into like Labor Day weekend and you yeah. haven't named a quarterback yet, or you're just naming a quarterback because there is that importance of having Baker or Kyle Trask, whoever wins it, having that guy getting all the number one yeah. reps just in practice alone, not even the preseason games. Um, so, yeah, I, I think after the second game or even right before it, I think would be yeah. most advantageous to make that decision because you, you can't prolong it too much. Everyone's yeah. going to ask every single time and Todd mm-hmm. will say, I'll let you know when we have right. a decision. But I'm sure the players <laughs> want to know, too. You yeah. know? And, and Matt, you, you and Adam Slavon from Pewter Report, you're going to be up there in New Jersey for those Bucks jets practices and for the Bucks jets game, covering it for Pewter Report. I just got the feeling that, that when when they see how Baker and Trask perform against another team in camp for a couple of days, yeah. and then that second preseason game, I think that's going to decide it. I agree. I think that's going to be most important. I mean, the Jets have one of the best defenses in the league, and they brought back almost everyone, so you're still yeah. going to have a, a lot of talent that you're going up against. This is huge for Dave Canales as well. But I, that's obviously the number yeah. one storyline that everyone – affiliated with the Bucks has been talking about. Obviously, yeah. Coach Bowles spoke about it. So did Jason Light a little bit. So this is what they had to say about the biggest topic in Tampa Bay. Well, it doesn't. That We're practicing full board now. Obviously, you take notes and you look at things in the spring and see how they learn, see how they handle the team, see how they throw, see how they encourage others and see what's the best fit for the offense. And you evaluate it as the time goes. And I have a timeline in my head, and I'll make a decision at that point in time. As far as energy, you know, Kyle has this inner confidence and Baker has this more wear it on your sleeve confidence type of thing and both get done effectively. And I think that's how they can run the huddle each on their own. But it's more about the execution and controlling the offense than it is their inner or outer confidence. Is that preseason? Is it, I mean, how long down the road are we talking in terms of? Like I said, I got a timetable in my head. Obviously, it'll be preseason. I'm not going to make it a regular season. So I, I have a timeline in my head. I have my notes down. We've talked as an offensive staff and as a coaching staff, and we understand where we're going, and they know where, I, where I'm at, and you know they know how I feel, and we'll go with that. One thing I'm looking forward to is this is really the first time since I've been here, going on year 10, of a true quarterback competition. And one thing I'm looking forward to is just how hyper-focused we're going to be on those practices here at the beginning of camp, um, for the first few weeks at least, just to see who takes this next step forward. I mean, people can have in their head who they think, well, it seems like it's going to for sure be this person, or you know, it's not going to be this person. But until we're out there, anything can happen. So it's going to be a lot of fun just to really focus on what that, how this is going to play out. You heard Todd Bowles talk about energies when it comes to both quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. When I want some energy, of course, I'm having a Celsius energy drink, the official energy drink of the Pewter Report podcast.
right. Make Celsius your number one pick. They have so many new flavors, including the Oasis vibe, which is the sparkling prickly pear. They also have the cosmic vibe, which is a sparkling fruit punch. Make sure you check it out. Uh, if you want to know where to find a Celsius, go to your uh, local convenience store. Well, first, you got to go to the Celsius website on the store locator, punch in your address. It'll show you the closest place where to find one, your local Walmart, Target, convenience store, or your bodega. Bodega. And once uh, you want to start getting in bulk as well, because that cosmic vibe is so delicious, it go to good. Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, and have it sent to your residence every week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want. Just make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, interesting little note about uh, the Oasis vibe, which is one of my favorites. Now, I do like the Cosmic vibe, too. Uh, it's grown on me. It's very cherry flavored. But the, the Oasis vibe, the, the sparkling prickly pear and lime, that was a flavor actually introduced and I guess originated by Sage Gorby. And she is a I believe she's a USF grad uh, awesome. lived in lived in Tampa. Uh, she's one of our contacts at Celsius. It's kind of like her her baby, and uh, it's awesome. It's a fantastic uh, flavor. So that and the new cosmic vibe. They just keep coming out with these new flavors. Yeah, Everyone every every week it feels <laughs> it's like crazy. this new flavor. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so the interesting thing about uh, that that clip you played, Matt, with Jason Light is he said the first few weeks of training camp, and that just that's a little tell. That's one of the things that I look for my near nearly three decades of doing this. Little little things like that. First few weeks of camp, not. First month of camp, not, you know, all the way through training camp. It's the first few weeks. That's going to be the, the deciding factor. And uh, uh, I, I think it's going to be Baker Mayfield. And, yeah, and it's going to be his job after the Jets game, unless he turns the ball over a bunch. That's the only path Kyle Trask has to winning this job. Yeah, it very much feels like, uh, you know, you, you play <laughs> – you play like a basketball video game with your body and you're losing, but you go, if I hit this, yeah. I win. You got to hit a half court shot. That right. kind of feels like the only way that Kyle Trask wins this is yeah. if Baker just throws interception yeah. after interception after interception, which yeah. I don't foresee that happening because in the past when Baker was just slinging it, especially yeah. going back to Cleveland, there was no repercussions because right. Baker was never going to get benched for anybody else yeah. on that team until he officially got traded and went to the Panthers and then the Rams. And we all know the story from there. Now Baker doesn't have that luxury. It's it's it, last straw for Baker. Yeah. It really is. Here, all right, let's park the, the conversation on this one thing real quick here. And let me address this, then I'll come back to my, to my comment. Uh, Callie Buck, Bowles is full of enthusiastic energy. Laugh. He's laughing, of course. It's sarcasm. Bowls and Canales are night and day. I will say this. We call, you call Dave Canales the human Celsius, yeah. right? And he, he even said he likes Celsius. He's a Celsius drinker. Um, Todd Bowles is different, folks. He's he's different. I've seen a different side of Todd Bowles away from the podium. He is yes. not the guy uh, that's at the podium all the time. At the podium, he's kind of like, I mean business. I'm kind of short. It kind of flat lines. He's different on the practice field. He's different um in, in different settings i've had some personal interactions with todd and it just he's different so um sometimes it's not always what you see now the the one thing about uh this offense in baker mayfield as you pointed out and you say you don't think those interceptions are going to happen well why is that matt is it because there are wide open wide receivers in this offense that we saw all throughout otas 
I mean, and this is a good Bucks defense. Now, that maybe this Bucks defense has just been locked in on the Bruce Arians scheme, and Toddy even mentioned that today. Sometimes when you get used to a scheme, you can cheat a little bit because you know what's coming. Um, credit Todd Bowles, Matt, for, for going out and getting an offensive coordinator who's bringing a system that has given Todd Bowles' defense problems, it's- right? Uh, whether it's it's the Rams' influences, right? Or uh, now they Niners. did beat the Seahawks, but yeah, the 49ers have just waxed the Bucks last year, and uh, and it's the same type of system. So um, we expect the Bucks defense to make some strides, uh, and, and it's a good defense. But I'm encouraged by the fact that there were wide receivers and tight ends wide open in the OTAs that we saw, and Baker Mayfield was hitting those guys. Yeah, the only thing, the only element we're missing out of all this is the effect that the pass rush will have against Baker Mayfield when one the one yes. get on because yep. it's easy when you're not really dealing with the pass rush and you could throw every pass anyway. And yes, Mike Evans might be open or Chris Godwin might be wide open, yep. but there are going to be times where those players are open, but the blitz is coming or the pass yes. rush is coming. So that's one of the things I'm most inclined to watch when the pads come on. They they won't for the first couple yep. of days of practice, but when the real physicality gets going. How will Baker Mayfield deal with that pocket yeah. presence, that pocket awareness? I know there's going to be a lot more mobility and rollouts and extending plays, but that's not going to be every single time. Right. That's one of the things that Baker's kind of struggled with yeah. a little bit is he can extend plays, and sometimes that's great, but other times he tries to bail out of the pocket yeah. way too quickly. Way be too a hero. Early. Yeah, be a yeah. hero. We've seen that with other quarterbacks here in Tampa mm-hmm. Bay before Tom Brady. And <laughs> – if he falls into that, again, it opens the door for Kyle Trask. Baker does some yeah. things great. He can throw to the outside pretty well. He's got a strong arm. But mm-hmm. other times when he tries to do too much, that's when it kind of blows up all over the place. And the Bucks can't really afford that right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, we talked about the the quarterback position really being the biggest you know position to watch on the offensive side. There are some others. There's wide receivers and all that. And we'll get to some of the other positions. But – Flipping to the defensive side just for a minute, yeah. uh, there's another back that is wide open. It's a wide open competition. Uh, you can call it the nickelback. You can call it the slot cornerback. But that's the spot that Rondé Barber, yesterday's uh, guest on the Peter Report podcast, uh, created. He became a, a Hall of Fame nickelback. He was a, an outside corner on first and second downs, third and long situations. He'd move inside where he would sack the quarterback. And, and we see Todd Bowles. Uh, he loves to blitz his nickels as well. Sean Murphy Bunting's come in for some blitzes. Uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. last year in the slot, I think, had four sacks, which was a career high. So with Winfield playing more in in the free safety role, and he'll still do some blitzing. They'll creep him up and and do that. But but D. Delaney, uh, he is he's the the guy that when you and I were watching OTAs and mini camps, he was always getting the first team reps, and I think that's because. He just is a veteran. He's a veteran in the yeah. room. Even even still being so young, D. Delaney uh, got into the league at 2018 in 2018, and he missed a year as well um, yeah. during like COVID and everything like that. Obviously, crazy time for everyone. But he's the longest tenured player lobbying for that starting position at Nickel. By the way, the band Nickelback, I believe, plays in Tampa on Saturday. Bailey Adams is going to see them. But anyway, of course he is. Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> Um, Anthony Chesley, another guy, like again, yeah. veteran, but joined the NFL in 2019. After that, Zion McCollum is like the next 
closest guy in terms of NFL experience, and he's only That's going right. into his second year. So uh, yeah. Todd Bowles did mention Zion. Jason Light has mentioned him previously about yeah. being a candidate for the uh, for the nickel spot. Obviously, Josh Hayes from Kansas State yep. in the running as well. Christian Izian, the safety from Rutgers. Uh, who else did he mention? Kayvon Merriweather as well. Uh, just so many different players all lobbying for one spot. I, yeah. I think – I mean, I'm not going to make a prediction right now who's going to win the job. I think yeah. Hayes is obviously exciting. That's why the, the Bucs drafted him. Dee Delaney has the most experience and has yeah. played in the slot. I think that goes a, a pretty long way. But really, outside of quarterback and the mm-hmm. kicking competition, but we know that's a one-versus-one right. matchup. Same with the quarterback competition. Yeah. This is really the only position on paper right now where we're yeah. like, anyone we're, Yeah, win. there is anyone not a starter. You're right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's the one position, which is kind of crazy to think about. It is. And and it's wide open. And it's going to be kind of exciting, right? Because uh, I think a player like Chris Izian, he's undersized, but he's going to make some splash plays. He's He's got really good hands. Uh, Josh Hayes is practicing. He was a slot safety last year in the Kansas State defense, but he's going back to cornerback, which is where he started his career at North Dakota State playing with, with Cody Malk. He was an outside corner. So uh, Chris Izian will be practicing with the safeties. And they have Rashad Johnson, who is their, their nickelbacks coach. So during part of practice, uh, they they draw Josh Hayes and Dee Delaney from the cornerback position and Chris Izian from the safety position. And and then they do a little bit of nickel work, and then they go back respectively to the safeties and the corners. So there's a couple of guys from from both safety and, and cornerback spots that are vying for this and and we'll see, but it is wide open, and uh, it's way too early to to make a prediction. Uh, outside of right now, D. Delaney is the placeholder just because yeah he's played it and he knows what he's doing and knows this this defense. But um, but you know if if he was the guy, they wouldn't have drafted uh, Josh Hayes, and and they would just name D. Delaney a, as a starter. But it's, right, and it's they wide open, and they have they wouldn't have brought in all these undrafted yeah. free agents. And Todd Bowles and Jason Light both were saying yeah. this is like one of the best classes we've yeah. ever brought in whether it's the draft and, or and even the, zion uh, mccollum zion's yeah. going to get a, a shot as well and uh, the interesting thing is he's he's a tall guy six two yeah right and and the other guys are you know five ten you know i think josh hayes is maybe six foot chris isian's what five nine five eight mm-hmm. uh so with zion mccollum he's going to get a shot uh inside and he does have great agility he's one of the i think mm-hmm. he's the top uh athlete in terms of cornerback that has ever come through the combine. He's the number one rated player on the re- relative athletic score that Kent Lee Platt does. So we'll see if Zion can make that transition in there. Uh, that would that would give the Buccaneers three massive defensive backs in terms of size and length on the field with Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis on the outside and Zion on the inside, Matt. And Todd Bowles spoke all about this today, mentioned Zion too. So uh, let's hear from him and a little bit of, I think Jason Light's in this as well, but a lot of Todd Bowles. A lot of depth at the wide receiver position, obviously the running back position as well. We already talked about the quarterbacks, uh, defensive line. There'll be some battles going on there. Uh, secondary, there'll be some obviously backup rotational corner positions ready there. There'll be a lot of backup spots available. Uh, outside backer room is very talented, and the inside backer group as far as their backup to be talented. So it's going to be a lot of competition. 
all of them right now. We haven't ruled anybody out in the nickel spot. Um, we don't have a starting nickel at this point in time. We think we have one in-house. If we do not, we'll go out and get one. But right now, I think there's about four or five guys that are battling for that spot, whether it's Zion or <coughs> Delaney or Izian or Hayes. We got a bunch of Chesley. We got a bunch of guys that can play that position. I think Zion had a great spring, and we're looking for him to play a bigger role this year. Obviously, Winfield, Carlton, and Dean have played together for a while now, and Ryan Neal coming in has a great he has great communication. He brings great leadership. So, you know, we're really looking for the top guys to be in sync as far as camp goes, as it goes on. Obviously, knock on wood for injuries, but the depth from it behind it, I think Nolan Turner will be a lot better going to his second year. Meriwether's a guy we really like that we're going to look at. Obviously, Hayes and Izian. Uh, Isaac, kid from Alabama State, really excited to see him. He had a very good spring and He's a, he's a very heady football player, so we're going to see how he progresses. So it's going to be interesting to see, but it's going to be exciting at the same time. Yeah, is I'm excited. I'm a defensive guy. I want to see who's going to win this this uh, nickel battle because it really is, as Rondé said, it's it's a starting position. I mean, you're talking – I think Rondé was being a little generous when he said, you know, you're in nickel about 60% of the times in, in the modern-day NFL. And maybe – Maybe with with you're seeing more double tight end sets, so maybe that's not the case as much. But it certainly seems like sixty is kind of like the floor. Probably sixty yeah. to seventy percent, seventy five percent of the time, you're going to be a nickel. And and um, you know, and, and and I I would love to see Zion step up and, and really become that guy. He he was a player that I think everybody on the on the Pew Report staff was excited to see get drafted last year, and he took some some lumps, especially in the running game, missing yeah. some tackles. But this is a guy that had 15 interceptions at Sam Houston, and he had some really good film. It's a big jump from Sam Houston to the NFL, but he has the athleticism and and the ball skills to, to eventually do it. He just got to flip the switch and make it happen. Yeah, he has the tools to do it. What does concern me a little bit is that he was playing outside, and some of that was because of injury and everything, of yeah. course. But now to like move him back inside after he's – going into year two healthy kind of like figuring everything out and now he's got to kind of like learn a, a different angle of this offense playing yeah. in the slot that kind of worries me a little bit with zion but it, you're also a professional and should probably figure it out nonetheless yeah. but uh hey if you want to play man and coach is saying the spot's open then guess what i'm yeah. calling ronde barber and i'm picking his brain exactly. and saying you're the best to ever do it give me some pointers and and uh let throw my hat into the ring there uh, yeah. Folks, I'm going to tell you about one of our, our new uh, sponsors, and um, is, this is really exciting because uh, Eric Gross from the Eric Gross Group uh, Realty Team, he is he's a fantastic Bucks fan. He watches the Peter Report podcast, and he's a Tampa native. And uh, the, the Eric Gross Group with EXP Realty, they're the official realtor of Peter Report. It takes a full team effort to win a football game, and it takes a full team effort to win in real estate. The Eric Gross Group has done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market. They got the experience in all types of situations. As I mentioned, Eric is an avid Pewter Report reader and a Tampa native whose father was stationed at the McDill Air Force Base while he was growing up. Eric and his team have the market knowledge, the top-notch communication, and commitment to excellence. Uh, and, and that type of service is what sets them apart. 
With their strong team of vendors and a network of over 85,000 agents, the Eric Gross Group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into a reality. Their clients are not just transactions. They are lifelong friendships. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Check out their website, housesinfla.com. Or give them a call at 513-907-4271. That's housesinfla.com. No matter where you are on your home ownership journey, you'll feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. Again, housesinfla.com. Check out the website. Check out their inventory online. Scott, we're obviously talking about training camp battles and positional battles. There's a couple of players that were going through their own personal battles in different ways that have now been cleared to practice yes. for the box uh, for training camp starting tomorrow. One of them is outside linebacker Shaq Barrett coming back from the uh, Achilles injury. And of course, a lot of personal turmoil as well yeah. with the family this off season. The other was Sean Tucker, who we've yet yes. to see physically play in a Buccaneers practice jersey and helmet, but he is cleared and good to go for training camp. And uh, very exciting on both fronts. You know, it's been a while since we saw Shaq Barrett playing in a in a practice type of setting. He last yeah. played earlier in the season on the Thursday night game against, uh, against the Baltimore Ravens. And Sean right. Tucker, people are saying it's one of the best – uh, you know, undrafted free agent signings that any team could have made in the NFL. I mean, there's a lot of excitement around him, what he can do in this Bucks offense, and most notably how far he can move up the depth chart once he finally gets playing. So th those were uh, two exciting pieces of news that we uh, we heard about, you know, yesterday and, and last, last night. night and, yeah. And the coaches and GMs confirmed it today. So, uh, Something else to watch at training camp tomorrow. For sure. And and Sean Tucker, I think, is one of the reasons why this team did not go out and, and get tempted by signing another running back. You know, they brought Chase Edmonds in. They feel pretty good about his ability to fit into this Dave Canales mid-zone, a wide-zone run scheme, which is, you know, horizontal-based. And you you get the, the defense flowing one way, and then you use that vision and, and cutback ability to hit the hole and take it against the grain. And that's something Sean Tucker can really do, too. So Rashad White is is going to get the first crack at being the starter. The team's very excited about him. We had Dave Canales on the podcast earlier this summer. He was thrilled about the skill set of the three-down running back. Not third yeah. down, but three-down. First, second, and third-down ability of Rashad White. Then you've got Keyshawn Vaughn, who a lot of people, myself included, I don't want to say have written off, but kind of, kind of an afterthought. Canales is very high on Keyshawn Vaughn and says he's the number two running back heading into yeah. camp. And Matt, we got to call it like we see it. We've seen a different version of Keyshawn Vaughn. He has made some big runs in the offseason. And granted, there's no pads on. Of course, there's no tackling. But he is in a, in a contract year. He looks uh, like he is uh, uh, highly motivated. He looks like he's a great fit for this scheme. So this is a former third-round pick that – the Bucs are hoping can live up to that potential. He's been buried on the depth chart, right, behind Ronald Jones and, and Leonard Fournette and then Giovanni Bernard and Fournette and Rashad White. So he's going to get his shot now. But this Sean Tucker kid, some sources inside the building tell me that if he's as good as advertised, he could rock it up and, and really put a, a move on for that number two running back a job and really challenge Keyshawn Vaughn for that to 
get carries behind Rashad White. Yeah, I think we're still learning a little bit with Canales. Like, how much of is it truth and how much is it just he's such a positive guy that he right. will find the good <laughs> in anyone? Um, you know, Rashad White, it's been tough for him to – sorry, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, it's been yeah. tough for him to crack a higher spot on the depth chart because of guys – like Rashad White. And yeah, it's nice he's yeah. doing some things in OTAs, but I don't know how much that's really going to affect him having a big impact in this offense. Obviously, a lot of this kind of rides on what Sean Tucker can do. And yeah. I don't think they're calling him baby Nick Chubb for fun. Right. Know, there's There's got to be something <laughs> tangible that they could point to and allude to that this guy needs business. I mean, even yeah. Jason Light today was like, Whoa, Sean Tucker! Like yeah. he's been ready to go. Like I don't even know how to explain it, but he. I would love to play poker with Jason Light. I would yeah. make so much money. That guy's got no poker face. When he's excited, yeah. like oh, he gets so excited. Yeah. And then when yeah. he's when, when you know when he has a question, he doesn't want to really answer. Oh, you know, kind of ho hum about it and huff and puff a little bit. So I yeah, appreciate he, him like thinking through. Uh, response instead yeah. of just like immediately blabbing something out. I, yeah. I think there's that's probably the smarter way. He always to looks down it. and kind of does like the head bob a little bit, yeah. you know, and he's he's doing that. <laughs> he's great to cover. Yeah, he. I mean, he's he's an awesome GM. He's a Super Bowl winning GM. Yeah, uh, and I, I think other positions really quickly. Yeah. Tight end. We we know Kate Otten is is going to be you know te one. Coquif uh, was getting a lot of praise from Dave Canales as well, and then of course they draft Payne Durham who is probably going to be more of a receiver than a blocker, I think, at least to start. And and so the the playing time between Coquift and Payne Durham will be interesting to see. And and I just hope that that and I think Dave Canales is smart enough to realize that last year when Coquif was in the game, what were they going yeah. to do, Matt? You're going to run the ball. It's very predictable. So I hope that that Dave Canales uh is and I think he's smart enough to realize like, hey, I, I gotta get Co some early catches. It, off play action or whatever, right? Uh, off some bootlegs. I got to throw to Co to not have this be a tell that every time he's in the game, we're going to run the ball. I got to make him a little bit of, of a threat so we're not as predictable. And I don't think Byron Lefish did a good job of that last year. Right. And I, I think you might see that in preseason a little yeah. bit. Like there are times teams will run certain things because you only have so much tape early yeah. in the season, especially team if you're playing against the Bucks and have a completely brand new offense I could see the first game or second game Canales just peppering Co-Keefe yeah. on and it, it could be as short of a pass like when Co-Keefe scored a touchdown uh, catching a pass from Tom Brady uh, against the Browns like it only has to be two or three yards but yeah. no one's accounting for him so he gets all the way up the field maybe gets a first down or whatever yeah it goes to everything that this offense is all about, which is the yards after the catch, right. open in space. You could have guys running all over the field, and there's yeah. little old Coquif, two yards above the line of scrimmage, but there's a whole field, a, a farmland, which yeah. I know he'll appreciate, in front of him to go, uh, you know, reach that first down marker and further on. So, yeah, yeah there's it, you know, be it, it was almost a like lot of things worked on early. I agree. It was almost like when when, when Anthony Auclair was was on the Bucks, he was just a blocker, right? Like I used to put so much money down on bets when yeah. it came to, uh, you know, is he going to score a touchdown? You know, is Double A going to score? You know, and uh, the great thing is about our partners over at Underdog Fantasy, Matt, 
is uh, you know they've got these these pickems you can do. They they got the best ball mania number four, which yeah. is coming out, which I'm going to have you talk about here. Uh, but uh, yeah, they have they, they have 15 million dollars in total prizes, uh, three million to the first place winner. Use that promo code Pewter uh, yeah. over at Underdog Fantasy P E W T E R. It's the biggest fantasy football contest ever. You just set it and forget it. Uh, you get that bonus with the promo code Pewter, three million to the first. Uh, first place winner don't need to worry about trades waivers anything like that it's a 25 dollars right. entry but you get some of that with the bonus when you sign up at underdog fantasy with that promo code pewter i'll be playing in it scott will be playing in it all pewter report will as well they have so many yeah. different games to get into uh you know a 10 million dollar playoff pool as well you can win double triple your money so many different games, the head-to-heads like you were just talking about. Yeah. They have different tournaments, too, so not even just the best ball mania, but different in-season tournaments, all various sports as well. Obviously, yeah. baseball's going on right now. You could do it for basketball and hockey, hockey when that comes yeah. back. And, of course, we all love football, and that's one of the funnest times to do it. So, yeah, sign up with Underdog Fantasy using that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Start playing, start winning. Yeah. And so you're right. We at Peter Report, we, we're going to do leagues. And so if you want to play with me, you can do that. You can, if you want to join a, a league with Matt or JC or or Sly, Adam Slavon, uh, Josh Capo, Bailey Hello. Adams, James Hill. So if you want to play against myself or any of the Peter Reporters uh, in a week or two, we'll tell you how to do that. And uh, as it gets a little bit closer to draft season for, for fantasy football, and, and we'll see. We'll see how how y'all can fare, but uh, underdog fantasy is so much fun to play because you set it and forget it. You draft your team and that's it. Boom. You're good for the year. And then if you want to individually, like you said, do some of those head to head pick and matchups, you can do that too. So it's a great way to have fun all football season long and, uh, and play other sports as well. Yeah, Matt, what other, oh, uh, the receiver position, right? We, we know yeah. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, Trey Palmer, we're going to pencil him at number four, but this team will have a couple of, of open spots at five and six for receivers. And uh, uh, Devin Tompkins got a little bit of love today. And Cade Warner and Rakeem Jarrett and Tay Barber also got some mentions too. So that's going to be a fun position to watch because usually that third preseason game is is like nothing but Boy, guys just trying to make the team. And and the Buccaneers, Todd Bowles, Jason Light, they like this rookie class, man. They, there's a lot of guys from the draft and undrafted free agency that they really like. Yeah, Rakeem Jarrett and Cade Warner have gotten a lot of love. I'm really liking Tay Barber. I like what I've seen from Barber uh, during OTAs and minicamp, and there's a long way to go. But I, he might be my dark horse to, to make this team. He's not getting yeah. as much publicity as, as some of the other guys, but – it really is just a kind of a free for all. And Tompkins, yeah. again, like the footwork. Brad Isaac spoke a lot about how Tompkins kind of struggled a little bit at first, just getting yeah. down that proper footwork. But I think he's mastered it by now and went slowly but surely with it. I don't think we saw really anything close to the potential that Tompkins can have, especially in right. this style of offense that is way more suited for what he can do. And with Russell Gage still on the shelf for a little bit more. You know, Todd Bowles mentioned today that Russell's going to need a little bit more time. We still have over a month to go, but the more and more that Russell's on the sideline, that's just going to be an open look for 
everybody else fighting to make this team, I'd be a little bit worried if, if I'm Russell Gage. Not that he's going to lose his yeah. third wide receiver spot anytime soon, but man, he's got to get on the field. You know, it wasn't great last season. It's not off to a good start this year. That's right. Um, and there's a lot of talented players for only so many little spots that could be looking at a future battle, not just this season, but you can't uh, help well. the club in the tub. And uh, the greatest form of, uh, greatest ability is availability right you got to yes. be got to help your team on the field not on the sidelines so we'll see if russell gage can can finally live up to that contract and stay on the field and stay healthy and, and be productive i think in this offense using this quickness dave canales is excited about it but yeah he's got to yeah, russell gage has got to get healthy for sure so yeah folks we're off to a fantastic start to the week we had ronde barber on yesterday that's a fantastic podcast we went a little bit long we try to keep them under an hour for you guys, but man, with Rondé, uh, half the show, here's the thing, half the show was spent on the current Buccaneers. Why? Because Rondé Barber works for WFLA in the Buccaneers. He does the preseason broadcast along with Chris Myers for News Channel 8. So he has got an eye on the current Buccaneer team. Then the other half of the show, the first half, really was his Hall of Fame credentials, yeah. what it was like, some of the, of the great stories from from the glory days of the Buccaneers back when he won the Super Bowl in 2002 with that signature play, the 92-yard pick six that shut down the vet. So yeah. make sure that you watch that Rondé Barber podcast uh, last week. So that was – or yesterday. That was that was great. This week, Matt, we're going five days w- with with pods, man, five. You know? We are, yeah, going pretty much every single training camp practice this week. So we started yesterday with Rondé. This is the preview for training camp. And then Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday – all at 4 p.m. starting with tomorrow, Bucks kick off training camp. We'll see who practices. Wink, wink, Devin White. Yeah. Uh, who isn't? Who performed well on the first day? We're just going to give our analysis each and every single day after practice. We'll obviously talk to players as well. I know yeah. uh, we're supposed to speak to Chris Godwin tomorrow, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Maybe a couple of the quarterbacks. So we'll have some player interviews uh, and clips from the press. I'd love to speak to Devin too. White. Yeah, I think we all would. Whether we will kind of remains to be seen. But nonetheless, we will be covering training camp left and right every single day. I can't wait for the fans to get out there, too, so we can say what up to some of the theater people as well. In the meantime, please follow us on our social media on Twitter, also known as X, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at Pewter Report. Our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV where we have uh, the podcast four or sometimes five times a week. So many different clips, interviews, press conferences, ton of just different content that we're always putting out in our YouTube channel. For our 11,000 pewter people. Thank Thank you, you, pewter people. Uh, That was really awesome to see. And we're going to keep the content moving, churning out every single day. So very excited about that. Very excited about training camp coming up tomorrow. So until then, for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We will see you tomorrow at 4 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Oh, out. Training camp. Training camp. Now. It's arriving. <laughs>